Wow. How about this? Here we are again. Sprung it on everybody. Here we are. Can't get rid of us. Can't get rid of us. Not going to. We're here to help. We have a call. We're answering the call. We're going to do it. So we've had some changes since last time. We did? Yes. We got a little... Oh, yeah, you Little, did. Yeah. Look at that face. Yeah, I know, right? You're so cute. How much younger That's do I look? <laughs> About 10 years well, younger. Well, not my goal, believe yeah. me. So, uh, those so are who, you trying to look older? No, those who watch this, though, will fully appreciate this, that uh, when you're still in the <clears throat> in the uh, profession there, uh, there are times where we have to do uh, recertifications <clears throat> with our respirators right uh, public would think gas masks that yeah. kind of uh, contraption look and so you gotta have a proper seal around right. your face and everything so and, and anybody <clears throat> who has a cpap machine will <clears throat> understand this right, <clears throat> go ahead. so proper you have seal. to uh i uh, require to kind of shave that down so the good news is we're in the growing season so we so start right to, back as soon as we uh, shave it off had so. to get naked that's right that's right naked. So. old naked face so here we be so yeah. uh but uh we'll, we'll get back in there you know i haven't shaved my face in 36 years that's a long haul that's a long time it definitely felt strange yeah now, of course, I use a razor to trim it up mm-hmm. you know, on my neck, mm-hmm. but I haven't been clean shaven in 36 years. Yeah, yeah. I usually trim it down in the summer because it gets, you know, you get real hot. But right, right. let it grow out. I've been letting it grow out more or longer over the last five years, I think. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I've had it down pretty good, but when you, like, zip it up in your jacket— and rip out a handful. Yeah, yeah. You start trimming it up just a little. I would bit. grow it down if I could. Yeah. So we'll get there eventually yeah. someday. Oh really? Yeah. You've always yeah. owned a big. Yeah, I grow and, it. And down. the wife mm-hmm. doesn't mind. She, yeah, she it's don't the mind. one place where hair will grow on this head. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I make so. no jokes about that. <laughs> I don't sow any seed with my <laughs> words. Nope. Gonna, so I told my wife. She said, "Well, your hair." still black it's gonna turn gray i said well i don't care what color it turns as long as it doesn't turn loose there you go yeah just there you go hangs on yeah just, man. Just the roots just hang on yeah so it's pretty good so did you get a good seal oh did yeah everything tested? Yeah, we're all good ready to go <clears throat> now how do they do that do they do they hose you down do they no, fill no, the no. room full of no, smoke it's just a, a testing process that test the effectiveness of everything and so, so they put pressure on it yeah yeah and they it, you know it tests the seal and uh, goes through a whole diagnostics test and whatnot so yeah. it's done it's over with it's there you know if god forbid you need it and yeah. just keep moving along and then if you need it you better shave down again so <clears throat> yeah so i think uh <coughs> i think most officers uh would understand that this in this day and age um you know you never know when you're going to need that type of equipment for a myriad of reasons uh and then you know there are also plenty of officers that don't have that type of equipment you know and so uh, especially if you do like erg like crowd control stuff yeah so not uh not um complaining at all it's it's i'd I'd rather have the equipment and not need it so um but it's the day and age that we're in. It's also a reminder that, you know, for all the discussions that people want to have about masks and everything else, that there are times where you do have to have 
equipment such as that and uh so that we can be there uh really not as much to just protect us but be able to continue to function and protect others so you know what's wild what's wild i was thinking about this while uh all the mask wearing and stuff was going on our officers and first responders still had to go to people's houses and answer calls yep yeah even even though we had a pandemic mm-hmm. officers could they they couldn't say well you know man just I'm concerned about getting COVID. I, I, you know, I I know they're in trouble. Uh, I, I know they're calling for help, but gosh, I'm really concerned that it could it could take my life. I I don't think I can answer that call. Well, I think the big thing is is that people want to get myopic on just this this issue or that issue or whatever else. That's that's not the point. The point is, it's a myriad of issues. It's a myriad of challenges. It's a myriad of threats. Right. It's a myriad of equipment that you have to have in response to that, right? right? And so it's not agenda-driven. It's not, uh, I'm going to use this one factor, this one piece of equipment, because I want to make a salient point on one issue. Law enforcement <clears throat> doesn't get that choice. No. Um, and so we've got to be ready for all things. Um, but we also have to recognize that uh, because of that, because we're so um, dependent on women and men to step forward and do that, um, we also have to recognize that there's a unique set of challenges that they face as well. And I hope that's what this podcast becomes for people, right? Is an outlet, a resource that at least acknowledges that. I think it also speaks to the heart, the champion's heart of our officers, both male and female, who they don't give that a second thought. I mean, they know it's there. They know the possibilities there, but just like they do every day, they get ready and put their uniform on and yeah. step out into the public to help the public and love the public and do everything they can to be an encouragement or to have peace in those moments, even in the middle of a pandemic. They're well, still on the job. It's uh, the common uh, thought process. The common point here is it's uh, not uh, necessarily – what our officers do day in and day out, but it's what they may have to do. That's right. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you'll get me into my whole other realm of being an advocate for law enforcement. But yeah. the point is this, is that in law enforcement, in the lives that we have been chosen, called to lead, to do, yeah. we don't work in a realm of probabilities. We work in a realm of possibilities. Right. That's a key distinction, my friend. That is. Because in a world that's so, you know, what's your documentation for that? What's your, uh, what's your research that backs that up? What are the probabilities, the percentages, all those other things? The law enforcement officer has to operate in the realm of possibilities. And in that realm, there's a 100% chance of bad things happening. Right. So that you stay on that cutting <clears throat> edge to stay prepared for not if, but when it occurs. Otherwise, you would say research shows that on <clears throat> this specific day of the week, on average, right. um, line of duty deaths and attacks on law enforcement are lower. So on those days, we're not going to wear our body armor. We're not going to take our equipment and we're not going to have our weapons, defensive weapons uh, available to us um, because... History has shown that there's less of a probability, right. less of a chance of something occurring. No, that's not the way we operate, Can't right? Do it. 
It's the possibilities that it can occur at any time. And I think people, sometimes that seems pretty strong to people, but you do the same thing with your home, right? You don't uh, set your home alarm system based on the probabilities of if this is a day when most home burglaries occur, right? Right. Yeah, you do it every day. The only way an alarm system is effective is if you're continuously using it, correct? That's right. As a possibility. Uh, If we took that logic, we would... uh, why, why wouldn't we, um, why do we leave smoke detectors up at all times? Right. Right. You're not yeah. dealing in a realm of probabilities. You're right. dealing in a realm of possibilities. And, and the thing that an officer can never do is they can't read people's minds. Now you can, you can discern body language. You can through training, understand certain things, but, but you don't ever really know what's in the mind of that human. Well, here's the that difference. You're dealing with. And this is what I always talk about, you know my uh, heart for our fellow, uh, those in the firefighting service. Right. Right. And they'll be the first to tell you this. We all face dangers, but they're typically dealing with a known science, fire science and element, the science that is involved in that. The law enforcement officer is dealing with the human element, the human heart. Yeah. And uh, nobody uh, that I know that's a, uh, of the human (laughs) race has been able to completely figure that out except for when you get into the true heart of the matter that's right and so the the point in all that is is that as law enforcement officers even for all the equipment that we have all the protective things that we have i know we've gone really down this rabbit hole from this mass this discussion but but it's the point right is um you're doing that um because you're dealing with a very unknown science, right? And that's the human heart. That's right. Um, the human emotion uh, and uh, the human spirit. And so um, I think this book speaks to that. Uh, that's oh, huge, all the time, huge. right? And, so uh, so that, that brings into, I don't mean to cut you off, but just on that so we don't move past that because I think it actually does dovetail into what we're you know what we had talked about talking about today when you think about all those things it's impossible for an officer to have a to carry on their person or even in their car everything they would need for every possibility that is right but you know what? On that, I always yeah. I always like to say this to citizens. I don't think it, I think it's always a useful exercise. Coppers will understand this. Is to if you took every piece of equipment out of a police patrol vehicle and the trunk and everything and just laid it out on the ground, most folks in the community would they it would blow their mind, right? Yeah. How much customized, specialized, ready to go equipment an officer has to have on hand at any given point in time, both within the passenger compartment of the vehicle, the trunk, the storage box, whatever the case may be, right? Yeah, general orders, right? Let alone, let alone uh, weapons platforms and all those other things, right? And, yeah. uh, you know, people say they, they don't always like to think about, you know, weaponry and all those things <clears throat> until it's needed. Uh, thank you very right? much. You have communities that say, we don't want armored vehicles. 
um, until they're needed, right. until that active killer attack occurs. Someone's actively shooting. You need some kind of defensive armor between the threat and the uh, innocent civilians or whatnot. Uh, people get a real feel for that when there's a, uh, a violent uh, offender that's actively attacking something um, or or uh, around, say a child daycare center or something like right, that. School, whatever. Yeah. yeah. When I when I see schools and daycare centers and just uh, <clears throat> locations that we play a, place a high priority for safety upon, I see a lot of defensive posture, uh, armor, fencing, uh, security cameras, all these other things, right? right? But a lot of times you'll hear people in the community suggest that that shouldn't be available for the officers, the very people that we're going to call when the really bad thing right. happens, right? When the bad man shows up, those are those, those are the folks that are responding. You probably want them to have a full cadre, a f- full menu to choose from right. of what they need to be effective in uh, pr- not only protecting folks, but also restoring the peace, That's right? That's right. And so... I think, uh, but for the officer, to your point with what you're just saying, for all the equipment that we have, we know that it doesn't address every issue issue. that we face, right? That's right. And that can be, uh, that can be, uh, an officer can fall into a state of disillusionment when they find Mm -hmm. that, hey, for all the training I went through, all the equipment that I know how to use, all the equipment that is available to me or should be available to me. When you run up against those incidents that all of that combined doesn't address the particular needs you have right then. You got it. Yeah. So where do you go to get that from? I'm hoping, I'm, I'm hopeful that's the resource, the, um, the outlet that, uh, you know, us as two goofy guys sitting here talking all the time, right? <laughs> right. Is an outlet for people to dial into, yeah. not to hear what we have to say. Right. Yeah. Not to hear what our thoughts are about these things. Right. But I hope what they hear is what we're trying to point them to. That's right. For those solutions, and, those out, those outlets and resources. And and God's word speaks to and about weapons. So all of you coppers out there that think God's word's kind of corny, God's word speaks to weapons. And that the weapons that we're used to using, right, what, what what what's one of your favorite weapons? What's one of your favorite rifles? You got well, a particular rifle you like? We have a whole myriad of them, and so I'm just talking about you personally, not not mm-hmm. on the job. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, squirrel hunting, whatever, mm-hmm. right? Everybody has a weapon that they prefer. Maybe it was your grandpa's mm-hmm. old twenty two that you like a lot, yeah. right? We right. have those weapons, right? Um, but that's carnal. What the Bible says, carnal, right? They're fleshly. They, they only deal with flesh. You go hunt a squirrel, uh, you're going to have squirrel fricassee, whatever, down mm-hmm. south, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm talking, you know. Um, you're going to you go deer hunting. What are you going to do with the deer? You're going to eat it, right? Mm-hmm. It's a weapon that's designed or used to uh, take down a, uh, a deer. Mm-hmm. You're going to eat it. It's fleshly, mm-hmm. right? Um, could even be a bow. Could be a bow and arrow. Right. Uh, could be a spear. I was watching a video of a guy who who spear hunts deer now. He, yeah. He, you know, he's a great bow hunter, did all mm-hmm. these. But now he spear hunts, and then he's into blow guns too, which mm-hmm. is cool. Because <laughs> way back in the years ago, my dad went to Ecuador, mm-hmm. 
and he brought me back a blowgun from Ecuador. It's still at the house somewhere, at mom's house, and which you've met. But um, these weapons, though, they're carnal weapons. If it's a knife, if it, what's it for? It's not. It can't touch your heart mm-hmm. in the aspect of the spirit realm or your mind. It, it's it's used or designed to hurt or control or help you control someone that's out of control where the flesh is concerned. It's interesting that you say that because uh, how many times do we have officers that go through a critical incident, have somebody that attacks them, right? They're confronted with the, right. the stone cold truth of I could have died tonight, yeah. right? Or maybe I've been critically injured, yeah, and I've got lifelong um a lifelong impact outcomes as a result of this interaction. The times that I hear officers say, hey, I, I was fine with the shooting while it was going down, right? Or the defensive driving that I was having to do. My training kicked in and, you know, I was prepared for that and I handled it. I took care of everything according to the way that I was trained and prepared to do. But then they say what nobody talked to me about or told me about was all the things that would happen after that. There you go. That's it. They gave me all this equipment, all this uh, training, all this expertise to handle things in the moment. And they might have even done some things to help me prepare for when that moment comes. Right. But nobody talked to me about what happens after that. Well, that's because the weapons of darkness are not just about your flesh. Hmm. Weapons of darkness also go after your mind and your spirit. Yeah. Proof positive, right? You'll have officers Total that say, hey, um, you know, this this uh, violent felon or whatever the case may be uh, attacked me, attacked me, and I responded to that. But what the officers wrestle with is that's done and over with. And that attacker, that evil that I was confronted with, right, is still messing with me. Still in me. It's like a hmm. it's like a snake. It's you know the Bible refers to Satan as a serpent or as a as a viper as a snake. It's like a snake. The snake bites you. It doesn't just hang on forever. That's right. It bites you. That's right. Injects the poison. And it's out. The Bible even says that the words of the wicked are like the poison of an asp or the bite of an asp, Hmm. which is a very venomous desert snake. It bites you. It injects its venom. Then it pulls back. It may follow you if you're prey, waiting for you to fall over so it can eat. But but it, it doesn't just hang on to you forever, right? And just you just drag this viper around everywhere you go until eventually you fall over. No, it bites you and pulls back. And then you're left carrying the then you're left poison. Yeah, that's right. Same thing. Uh, what's the Komodo dragon? You know the mm-hmm. Bible calls Satan the great dragon too. It bites you. It, it has so much bacteria in its saliva that you, that at that point your body starts decaying until you fall over dead. And that, and the, and the, that dragon, it, it can't move very fast. So it just has to follow you. It'll flick its tongue out and it can smell you with its, uh, until you fall over 
Well, this is the same thing that we're talking about. Yeah, you can handle that violent felon. You can get through that gun battle. You can roll around on the ground and, uh, and you win. You come out scraped, banged up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the words of that violent felon that screams at you or says to you what they're going to do to you the whole time you're dealing with them, or they come close to taking your life, that serpent has struck. It's injected that into you. Now you're dealing with the nightmares. Now you're dealing with the night sweats. Mm-hmm. Now you're dealing with the, the, the vivid images. I've had officers or even military men say, I can see their lips in front of me saying those words in my sleep. Yeah, replaying that. Replaying that mm-hmm. over and over and over. Different scenarios sometimes. That's that venom. That's that venom that's been injected. And, and this book, this great book, this book of life, a book of death, this is a book of life. This great book tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 that the weapons, or that Paul's talking, he says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're, they're not all fleshly. It, it's one thing to walk away from that gun battle hmm. and, and all the bullets missed you, but then to go home and start battling and struggling inside. Yeah, the battle's not over. Oh man, pouring a big glass of whiskey, trying to trying to numb yourself to all the effects. Uh, your wife knows that you're changed. Your children know that you're changed. Your your friends know that you're changed, and they're trying to help you and work you through that. But on the inside, the battle's raging hmm. hotter actually than it did, and longer than it did in the milliseconds or seconds that the actual battle took place where you saved your life for others. That's right. And you can be a great cop. I want everybody to listen to me and listen to Rick. You can be a powerful, long-term, excellent police officer. Go through a scenario like that and, and then start struggling on the inside with why am I doing this? Why am I feeling this way? Yeah. Why am I... <clears throat> I made it through the situation. Yeah, I survived. I survived. Well, man, I ought to be thrilled. I ought to be happy. But on the inside, battling, feeling like you were less than, like you didn't measure up, like you did something wrong, or you didn't do everything right, or you wish you had done this and not that, or all these things, these thoughts that start injecting themselves into your mind. So not only have you been bitten by the serpent once, but now he comes back. Over and over. Bite you when you're not to looking. bite you more and more and more on the inside. Well, and it really is kind of like a, a, a spiritual ambush. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So the, the evil one. And again, he, he, here's the great secret. Also for the officer to view the even that person that attacked you or was attacking someone else or that you had to confront. Right. When you can say... Yeah, a uh, bad person. But when you can set the carnal part aside and and focus on the evil spirit that was within that person for them That's to be right. able to do that, okay? Yep. And focus on that. And then you realize that oftentimes the snake strikes you, like you were saying, but then he also slithers away. He, could, right. he could follow you and all that yeah. thing, but also imagine him just slithering away. Yeah, just and leave. you never see him again. 
he never even comes back again. But he's delivered the strike that he needed to. And the effects are And you're are left working. with the toxicity there you go. that is still within Whew. you. That's What's powerful. your anti-venom, anti-venom there you right? Go. How yeah. do you counteract do do that? Yeah. That's the part that people don't talk to our officers about. That's mm-hmm. the part that people don't talk to our law enforcement officer spouses about. About, yeah. What's yeah. the anti-venom? What's the, how do you counteract that toxicity that's been left within your loved one? Maybe physically that you can see a physical injury, an impairment, right. whatever the case may be. Or uh, maybe the, um, the physical demonstration of that internal strife, being uh, heart issues, uh, high blood pressure, lack of sleep, all right. these other things. But also the unseen realm. Yeah. within their spirit where they become broken. Um, how do you counteract that, fill those gaps, and um, not just patch them up? That's the other thing. Not just patch them up to fix them, but to have growth out of that. Yeah. How do we do that? And for officers oftentimes, brother, I'm here to tell you, and you know this, they see no, nothing <clears throat> there. They don't see a solution. Yep. They don't see the anti-venom. They don't see how That's it's going right. to be able to counteract that. Well, I think this is the misnomer of a lot of the public or the human public that 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 are for law enforcement officers is they have a concept that a police officer is superhuman. Hmm. That they're that that somehow in all of this they're designed that these kind of things don't affect them like they do another person. Well, let me, let me throw but something they, at you. But with they that. do. Well, let, let's talk about that yeah. for a second. Same thing. The general public, they can understand the physical threats and harm, right? Right. They see the officer. They see the body armor. They see the patrol vehicles. They're the most highly visible representation of government in any community. Right. Right. They're the ones out there that are distinctly set aside uh, in their appearances and what they do. And we see communities and their support for law enforcement officers and their families, especially in times where the officer's critically injured, but especially in times of a line of duty death. Right. Right. And rightfully so. Neighbors and residents come out from the woodwork and show their support uh, during the funeral process and all those other things. Right. And in America, we're averaging in a typical year anymore, at least 150 plus officers dying in the line of duty across our country exclude what you're talking about earlier with COVID and all that stuff. But just in those line of duty deaths from felonious assaults, crashes uh, in their motor vehicles, a dying of a heart attack on duty, whatever the case may be, average is 150 plus. An officer dies in line of duty every 52 hours. And that's the physical uh, manifestation of what we see from those physical attacks, traumas, all those other things. Right. But then that unknown secret that we that we keep talking about, which is three to four times as many officers are dying as a result of their own hand. They're taking their own lives. Right. We have this scourge uh, of suicide throughout the law enforcement profession. Well, what is that, right? So communities and, and residents get the idea and they figure out how they can show their support for their officers in that physical realm. Right. How do we show that for them and provide that for them in the spiritual realm? They're not usually taking their own life because of a physical challenge. That's right. They could, but that's not typically it. It's often, I mean, how many times do we hear? We, we've already talked about it. Didn't see that coming. Yep. 
man, I wish I'd only known job. that he or job. she was struggling yeah. with it. I didn't even yeah. know she was struggling right. with that. Um, it's because it's in that unseen realm. Yep. So you talk unseen to, and unspoken because we don't talk about it. Well, there you go. We don't talk about it. Yeah, we don't now, even speak it into now, existence. That's right. Now you and I are we're, we're kind of cut from a different cloth in that we're we're willing to talk about it, right? Yeah. Been and of course, we deal with much. officers. Yeah, that's right. We are affected by it, uh, and it touches every life on the department, every officer, every, uh, and and especially those. If you really love your cops, you can't help but be touched, no matter where that officer is. When we also know that we have an answer, right? There you go. We have an answer. So there is an antidote. There is an antidote. There is something to counter. That's counteract. exactly right. That's exactly right. And it's and 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 it's Jesus and it's this book, and and God can help you. Sometimes there may be a physical thing, like a a brain, a physical organ, brain issue that can mm-hmm. be dealt with, but but spiritually speaking, a lot of these things are the poison that gets injected into the heart that then affects the mind. Mm that begins to have an officer believe they can't do any better, they can't see any clearer, and that the world would be better off without them or that they can never get over these things. And I'm I'm here to tell you that Jesus can help you see clear. Jesus can help you be better. The Word of God can definitely lift the fog and strengthen your life and change you to where you aren't looking at death through the eyes of that's my answer, my end all, but where you're looking at life saying there is a path of light and a path of life out of this darkness that I find myself in, out of this depression, out of this aggressive attack of the enemy that means, listen, the enemy, if the enemy can take you out at your own hand, He's taking you out. He doesn't care that that that's the that's the deal. He doesn't care. Evil doesn't care if they if they can lead you. Evil to always follows the path of least least resistance. resistance. Least resist. So, so it doesn't care how it gets the job done. The, the, just as long that's as the job right. Gets that it demon done. doesn't care if you win the gunfight but take your own life later because of the effects. Well, you're he gonna, still sees that he won. You're going to get me going here because that is the whole point of why we're doing this. That's right. right. That's Tired right. Tired of seeing the evil one take good officers out and just wipe them out, take destroy their, their families, Come destroy on. their lives. That's right. Turning them to alcohol, <laughs> turning them to domestic violence, yeah. turning them to narcotics, turning Broken them to whatever. marriages, no. well, the whole nine yards. We're coming to a time, I think, where officers are finally seen in the physical realm. what can happen when people turn a blind eye, turn their back, and they allow evil to flourish? That's right. Take a look at our cities across the country. Look at it right now. Burning down, right? People that were being attacked, uh, communities that were being attacked, complete lawlessness. We've never had such vivid imagery and examples of that in recent history where people living today have experienced it until the last couple of years. Now that you see that it is real, that it exists, our communities now see 
that evil truly exists. That's right. The great heartbreak for the law enforcement profession, I always say this, is every officer, their goal is to keep their fellow neighbors from seeing the evil things they live with and work through every, every single day. day. Every day. We want to shield our communities from that and keep them from even knowing that it occurs. Right. That's all. That whole wall has been torn down now. And the problem with that is it also means that evil is flourishing and spreading to all these areas. I mean, how many times have you heard in in cities across this country, we've never seen crime like this. We've never seen violence like this. We've never seen acts of evil like we're witnessing Murder rates, shooting rates, stabbing rates. Because that's all been released. Human trafficking. Right. When when did we hear numbers of human trafficking like they are? That's correct. And so the point Human being, trafficking. the point being is, um, you're you're seeing the physical manifestation of those things. That's what right. I'm pointing people to is we're also seeing the physical manifestation of the evil <clears throat> that is working within the spirit of our officers. The physical manifestation is the poor health, the challenges, and ultimately leading to some act of violence even toward themselves that's right taking their own life yeah um it's too much um we're tired of it it's enough and for all the talk about all these things everybody keeps going back to what's the solution how are we going to get out of here how are we going to fix this yeah brother i'm telling you so let me ask you this let me ask you this that's right you and I, cumulative, many years with law enforcement officers, right? How many times has alcohol been the answer to these questions? Uh, most every time, in some and, shape or manner. And how how many times has it been the source of hope and help? Uh, never seen that play out. <laughs> okay. It might uh, be a temporary relief. Yeah, relief, right? but an answer? There's the, there's the great, there's again, the, the evil yeah. one twisting that, That's manipulating right. that, right? That's right. It might give me some temporary relief. Yeah. Has it helped marriages? No. Has it helped ch- child rearing? No. Has it helped careers? No. Has it helped being a better officer? No. No. So they're usually a source of destruction in every one of those. Thank realms. you very much. Right. Uh, what about, um, let's say affairs? Right. Let's say uh, right. the sexual perversion, kryptonite of law enforcement, kryptonite of law enforcement, yeah. ha- and 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 pastors too. By yeah. the way, has it helped? Nope. Has it been an answer? Nope. Did it make everything work out better? Nope. Um, has it been a healing agent? Source any, of destruction. Source of destruction. Devastation. Every realm. Yep. And 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 it just blows up. Yep. So, I, I want to read this verse to you. And, and, and where's this at again? This is in. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. So, again, I want to just dare yeah, get some your of Bible our officers. Out. I just dare you to pick this up, open it up. You don't have to know anything about it, but you can find. Yeah. It's like any other book. There's an index in the front if need be. Yeah. But you can find what it says, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, and go to chapter 10. That's right. So, so let me, let me for, all, for all the cops, let me share this with you. Your thoughts are, well, how could something that's written have an effect in my life? Well, you should know that very, very well because you do this every single day of your life. You have the written law that is empowered to affect humans' lives 
even though it's on written paper and it's exercised daily and you are the watchman over that mm-hmm. written law mm-hmm. to make sure that it's having an effect in the heart, mind, and lives of human beings. Well, it's the same thing. It's like picking the, up your criminal code. Book. That's exactly right. So it's the key to a peaceful, strong life. Now, Paul says this. He says, uh, let's look at verse uh, verse 3. He says, for though we walk in the flesh, in other words, we're human beings walking on the earth, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, or he uses the word carnal, coming from the word carnos or carnivores, where you get the word carnivore, meat eater, flesh eater, right? But mighty, strong, how? Through God. To the pulling down of strongholds or uh, mechanisms of holding you back. So for a SWAT team member, this would be like somebody that's barricaded themselves Mm. in a house with hostages. Because normally when things are going bad, everybody wants a hostage. And we can do the same thing in our lives even though we're agents of good. We, We want hostages too. We want somebody else in there with us, right? Mm-hmm. So, but most of the time, we're not seeking people who can help us get out of our barricade. We're seeking people who want to be in the barricade with us, like-minded, right? Mm-hmm. Not always healthy for you. So Paul is saying, mm. we walk in the flesh. <laughs> you made a really good point right I there. did. Yeah, keep going. We're, Let that one sink in for yeah, a second. We we walk in the flesh, but we do not war after the flesh. Now, immediately, a cop right now is saying, the heck we don't. What do you think I got this belt on for? Everything I've got around this belt's to deal with human flesh. Why am I protecting my flesh? Why am I protecting <laughs> myself from all these wild people who wish or desire me dead, right? Or in an altercation, or will act like that if they're caught doing the evil work they're doing. What Paul is saying is that, yeah, there are things of the flesh we have to deal with, but that's not the only battle. We just talked about the viper, the snake biting you. It's not the only battle you deal with. The warfare now that Rick and I are talking to you about today is we know you're already trained to war in the flesh. We know that when you get out of your car, you're going to assess a situation, or even on your CAD, you're going to assess a situation, and think of whether or not you need to put gloves on. Yeah, You're going to think about what do you need. You're going to reach down and make sure that you have your clips in place. You're going I'm to, not concerned about you, that. Right. I have confidence We in have that. great confidence in right. every person that they know what to do where that's concerned. Some guys get extra training, jiu-jitsu training, all kinds of stuff to make sure they can handle ground. If they have to take somebody down or they're rolled around, you mm-hmm. go through the academy. All of you have been through the academy. We get that. But what about the part that nobody sees that you alone deal with when you get home, close the door, all the lights are off, and you go into a glaze in front of the television? Mm-hmm. What about the warfare that's going on in your heart, in your mind, on the inside? Mm-hmm. Now, I can just tell you right now, some of the most compassionate people I've ever met in my life are police officers. Well, the warfare. Even the crusty ones that Even the old crusty. Oh, man, you stick a little infant in their hands on a scene, they're a puddle. You know what I know. 
They'll do, and, and it's amazing what really does get their heart. Mm-hmm. A dog that's been hit in the street, mm-hmm. and they'll stop and just shed tears over a dog. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, I just saw you take down three violent felons in one swoop, and you're weeping over this over this little puppy dog that just got hit. It's amazing what what touches a human heart. The same thing that we deal with is this warfare, this great warfare that comes against your heart and your mind when all the other stuff is over. When it all goes away. All that other stuff goes away. That's That's right. right. And you're by yourself. That's right. Now, Paul said, hey, we're cognizant. Now, he's around Roman soldiers. He's a Roman citizen. He's around some of the most vicious, powerful military and police officers on the planet. I mean, these guys were bad to the bone. They were, for years, they would leave their family, never see them again. Their whole life consumed with warfare and police operations within a community. Don't forget that. They might have started out soldiers, but a lot of times they would become the police officers of the, the municipalities that they were left to guard and watch over for Caesar. Right. Military police, but police nonetheless. Mm -hmm. And here you have Paul. He understands these men. He's a Roman citizen. He's around them. He's used them before Mm -hmm. to help him in his cause. But he says, this is not the only warfare, guys. It's deeper than that. It's way deeper than that. It goes way deeper than that. And he's speaking as a man who has experienced this great power of Jesus the Christ in his own life. Right. And he says, now, this is mighty through God. So let me tell you something. If you want a mighty way of winning the war in your heart and mind, you have to deal with this great question of who your God is. Is your God the job? Wait a minute, what if the officer says, I don't believe in God? Yeah, you there do. is a God. Yeah, you do. Every human worships. Every human worships. Some form of a God. Some form of a God. In What's their your life. God? Now, it can be an idol. Yeah. You can worship Budweiser. Yeah. You can worship uh, Fireball Whiskey. Sports. You can worship sports. You can worship your wife. You gambling. can worship your husband. You mm-hmm. can worship your children. You can worship gambling. You can worship all manner of things. Definitely the job. You can worship the job. That's all you do. It's where you spend all your time. Thank you very much with the job. That's right. Or part time. But you're going to have to answer the question about God. Now, if you want the strongholds pulled down so that you can live in peace as well as keep the peace, you have to deal with who is peace, and that is God Almighty. Once you are willing to answer this question, through Jesus Christ, God brings power into your life to start pulling these things down out of your imagination and out of your heart and pouring in, I love this man, pouring in the antidote against the venomous, foul, demonic activity that comes with evil and every demon spirit that is against your life and what you stand for, which is righteousness, good, peace, joy, 
a great community. These demons hate you because of what you stand for. When you think about the image that I always see when you're talking about that is, uh, let's say you're going to serve that warrant on the house and, uh, the folks committing committing the evil acts, they said, hey, we got a solution for this just in case this happens. Uh, other evil people come to rob us. The police come to do a warrant, whatever the case is. What do they do? They put up their big metal doors, right? Their big metal storm doors <coughs> that are reinforced with the bars and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. What do we do when we go to serve that warrant? Uh, we hook up on that door, take it to that bearcat, and what do we do? We rip that door right off its frames, right, right off the hinges. Yep. We don't care, and we're coming in. That's right. right. So put that in your brain, that visual of ripping down that stronghold of that door, ripping Come it off on. its hinges, right? Yeah. That's what he's talking about. That is. Within us. Right. Within others. How how do you rip those strongholds down? That stronghold may be, um, I, I don't know how to wrestle with, I. this is what I hear, I don't know how to work through this. Right? Because right. cops, that's what we do. We work through the situation. That's right. We work through the problem till we get to the solution, right. all those other things. Well, that's in the physical realm. In this unseen realm within your spirit, when you can't work through it, you put up strongholds yourself. That's right. To protect yourself. It's self-preservation, even if it's for bad reasons. That's right. right? Well, what Paul's talking about in here, if I'm reading it correctly, is that mental image of how do you rip those strongholds down to get at the heart of the matter and to address these issues, both in the seen and unseen. Because it has to be, you got You have to be willing to expose your heart to God. Now, mm-hmm. God will never hurt you. God will never, ever, ever humiliate your heart. What if you got the cop that says, uh, you know what, I was brought up in the church and I got hurt by the church? Well, the church is not God. There we you represent go. God, but the church is filled with humans who are not perfect, and a lot of them are working through their own exposure. That's right. So so we have to understand that, that where the church is concerned, the church isn't perfect. Brother, it I've, was never designed right. to I've, be. I've heard that so often. You can't right? be. And I, and I feel for you. If you're a person that oh, has yeah. been hurt by oh, the yeah, church. Oh, yeah, I do. It, it breaks my or heart. Or more importantly, hurt by somebody in, in the, the church. Because I love the church of Jesus Christ. But I also am well aware that the church is not perfect because when I showed up Sunday, I ruined it. If the Father's house was perfect, Mm -hmm. right, Mm -hmm. my church where I go to church, the minute I showed up Sunday, I just ruined everybody's day because I'm not perfect. Right Now, I strive to walk before God repentant and through forgiveness, but I am not perfect. And it's somewhere along the way, an officer, I've known officers that you and I would say, man, that's a great cop, right? You're a great cop. I know, I know cops that seek to do everything right. You ever known a cop like that? Yep. And, and yet lose their life? Yep. See what I mean? So you can be as perfect as you can be and still have something go wrong and it be devastating. Well, that's what usually rocks the world of officers. Churches are filled with people. There you go. Who do everything, most of them, do everything they know to do that's right and still get devastated in life because we're not in perfection yet. So if you have, But we're working on it. If you have somebody that's put up that stronghold now to protect themselves, protect their heart because <clears throat> of experiences like that, 
how do how do they rip those strongholds down? Yep. Well, first of all, you you, you or need to can they do it? Well, no, they cannot They're because the we're unwilling secret. to. Most humans are unwilling to because it requires uh, transparency. It requires a form of being humble or humility in our heart. So what we really need, and we know this. Well, here's the thing. What we need is we need trust and to trust God. Well, that's the point, right, is yeah. that's the great, that's where you that's where I stumbled upon this, and I know other people do. It's when you finally have the epiphany, and somebody rips that stronghold down just to expose this, and and maybe that's what's happening right now for somebody. Oh, I believe it is. I believe it is. Is somebody needs to hear this. Yeah. Here's the great secret. You can't work through it. You can't. You can't fix it. You can't do it that's on right. your own. Yep. But there's somebody who can. Yeah, and that's exactly what Paul's talking about yep. here. It's what we're talking about. Is if you take nothing else from any of this, any of these podcasts, any of these discussions, is you can't fix it. That's right. You're not designed to fix it. And in fact, God, there is. ain't anybody else around you no. that can fix it no. in the fleshly world. That's right. That's right. In the here and now, it takes. Trusting Jesus to help you and do that. Now, it's better if you unlock the door <laughs> instead of having it ripped off the hinges. That's, that's uh, a great point. Because, yeah. it, now think about this as a copper. Even, even if you went to a house and that person, you knocked on the door, Right. And the person on the other side unlocked the door and opened the door and said, well, hello, how are you today? What can I help you with, officer? Mm -hmm. And you said, we're coming in. And they said, well, come on in. What what can we do for you? What does that let that officer know about the person that's on the inside? Mm-hmm. Most of the time you would go, well, they're probably not doing what everybody thought they were doing, or they would not be willing to open that door, right? Revelation, Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open the door, I'll come in with him, the Father and I, and we'll have we'll have fellowship with him, with your heart. Right there. So that's, <clears throat> that's the point, right, is you, there are officers who do the whole thing, right? They lock the door, they put up the metal door, they put the bars on the windows, mm-hmm. nobody's coming in. There's officers that say, well... I get it. So maybe I'll just leave the door unlocked. Yeah. And if he he really wants me or I'm good enough, he'll yeah. open the door and come on in. And then there are also the times where sister or brother, you just need to open the door. Just open the door. Just open the door. Yeah. And you do that through words. Yeah. You do that with your mouth. Now, see, I know that that in your mind you're thinking with words. That's crazy. I don't know. But you already understand the concept through the job you do every day. You deal with people and catch people doing things good or bad based off the words of their mouth. It's called your witness. And if you talk to somebody long enough, they tell you their heart. They will show in body language, with their words, what they're doing 
that they're telling. They can be telling you the whole time, I didn't do that, no, I didn't. But you see and know that they they did, they're doing it. They're revealing it mm-hmm. with their words, right? Mm-hmm. So you get a guy talking, what do you want to do? Keep them talking, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They're going to say stuff. Same thing for you and I before God. The Lord wants you to talk to him. He knows if he can get you talking and keep you talking, that he can have a greater opportunity to help you solve the problem, solve the issue in your heart. And therein, therein lies relationships, not religion. Thank you. So we've That's been right. hurt by the church. That's you right. don't like the idea of religion. That's not even what we're talking about. It's not somebody Throw else doing it for the, you. Throw all that junk to the side. Yeah. It's this relationship. And again, it can start by just an officer realizing, yeah. I can't work through this. That's usually where we stop. The second part is just saying, I can't do this on my own. I can't fix this. Yeah. Then it is this. Help me. Yeah. Even yeah. if you don't feel like you can tell your fellow officer, your spouse, your family me. member, yeah. you can call out, cry out yeah, you to can. God and yeah. say, just help me. I've had many officers That's opening the door. Over the years, yeah. That's opening That's the opening door. opening the door. And once you open that door... And, and let him in because he's an, he's a God of order, a yeah. God of law, a yeah. God of oh self-determination. My. Yeah, you'll find <laughs> so many relatable things between the kingdom of God and law enforcement but when because you, op- you work for him. When you open that door and give him consent to enter, yeah. consent to search out the That's bad right. things in there and get them out of your life, yeah. he'll do it. Yes, he will. But you just got to... And again, like you said, it's much easier just to unlock the door and open it up. That's right. Versus going through the process of having those those strongholds ripped down and ripped off of you. Yeah, that's not that's pleasant. Right. No. But uh, <clears throat> but God loves you. He'll do it. Either way, He's coming for you. That's right. He wants you. That's right. You work for Him. He loves you. Hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, well, we got to come back and do some more on this. We're out of say, time I today. Like, I don't feel like we're done no, talking we're about this done. right here. We only we only shared one little part of that. I mean, we got we got several more thoughts on that. I love this. I I trust that you guys are receiving uh, that are watching us today and receiving the heart of this because our heart is to let you know there's an answer. That's the whole reason we're doing this. Yeah, there's an you know. You, we, we didn't take a lot of things off of our plate or off of our life to do this podcast. We actually really felt and believed in our heart God was calling us to do this and added this to our life because we love you. We love every one of you. Well, and and I hope that, uh, you know, if, if this is having an impact, you know, this is, this is a, a revealing things to folks that are mm-hmm. watching us, officers, spouses, uh, just the resident out there, the our fellow neighbors. That's right. Let us know that. I mean, yeah. I, you know, in in we want to know if you have a question, if you have something you would like for us to address, we we would love to do that. We want to know what yeah. if you got something. Say, hey, how about you guys? Uh, what's your thoughts on X Y Z? Right. Shoot us, throw it out here. Right. We'll deal with it. Right. We ain't a skirt, as no. we say down no. south. No. Right. And because uh, God's word answers everything in life. And that's the key. That's what that's we hope that uh, everyone gets from this, and that uh, yep. you were uh, 
you know what we say and what the word says is that if he called you to do this job, he's also going to equip, equip you. you to do it. Yep. And so he will provide that equipment, not just in the physical, but also in your heart in and in the heart. spiritual. That's right. So won't you close us out with our quick love prayer? to. Yeah. Father, thank you so much for these great men and women and their families that do this job of standing for righteousness every day. Every day they battle wickedness, they battle darkness, they battle evil, but they also come across wonderful, precious, loving people that love them and what they do every day. And I trust that they have determined and discerned that Rick and I are two of those. So Lord, we pray in agreement with your word that you would lift them high and pour your love out on them and strengthen them in their cause of what they do every day. Minister your grace to them, Jesus. And by the great Holy Spirit, flood their hearts with a sense of hope and determination to continue to be strong in the power of your might, Lord, not just their own, uh, the, their, their own spiritual uh, life, but in your might, in Jesus' name. We love them. Nothing they can do about that. And we bless them now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. His remnant's right. being revealed. Yes, it is. All right. It's awesome. Great. Hey, thanks for watching today. Remnant revealed. And we're having a great time. Uh, turn to the camera and smile. R&R. R&R. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Rick and I trust that you heard something that will help your life. And if you believe that it would help others, please make sure and share. Like and subscribe and hit that bell so that you can be notified when the next podcast is available. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.